So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Read and Entertainment Podcast, episode 141 for, what is it, March 25th, 2018. My name is Nathan Rainsworth, and joining me this week we have Andrew Roe McFain. Hello. Oh, you bastard. Mm, that's some good audio. <laughs> welcome to the ASMR Podcast. You shush, you shut your mouth. We As also someone have... who actually likes ASMR, I can say that is not quality ASMR. No. <laughs> I would not help me sleep. <laughs> We also have uh, Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Besh. Welcome to the ASMR podcast. Today we're going to be discussing some gaming news topics. Hopefully we will be able to lull you to sleep gently and conveniently tonight. All right, have, that's better. We have Gerald uh, Parallax Abstractions Corcoran. I, I like ASMR. I don't do it well. You don't want me trying. And we, of course, I'm your host, Nathan Reentspruth, ignoring... Uh, Aroa and Cyberpunk Monk. So, Aww. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So, be, that being said, what games have you played this week, uh, Parallax? Ah, uh, so like many of people, I uh, have been trying to take advantage of the Sea of Thieves zeitgeist. Uh, I didn't buy it straight up. I actually bought a month of Xbox Game Pass, um, which is kind of handy because. It's going to give you access to all Microsoft first-party games going forward, and it works on both the Xbox and Windows 10 versions. It's uh, also exactly what Sea of Thieves was like designed to be, the, the thing that much. sells Game Pass. Pretty much. Uh, and Game Pass has some cool like back catalog stuff in it. It is obviously much better if you have an Xbox, but uh, it's got some cool stuff in it. But I, I, I did the trial already, so I ran that out, so I actually just bought a month for 10 bucks. Uh and yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, my experience with Sea of Thieves has been, other than the first two days when it was on fire, um, my experience has been more or less what most people's have been, which is that the game is really gorgeous. It's definitely got rare sense of humor all over it. Um, and it's fun for an evening or two in groups. And then you realize that despite being in development for something like seven years, there's nothing to do in that game. Um, pretty much at all. Um, which is kind of a real bummer. It's um, They've got the makings of something really cool there, but basically all there is is you get on your ship, you, you, take, you take a few quests, which always involve either collect X amount of this creature or go find some chests. You sail to a small island, which takes a while because you're actually all actively controlling different parts of your ship. You get to the island, you find the chest, you go back, you turn it in, you get uh reputation with the different factions in the game which just allows you to unlock longer versions of the same kinds of quests and once you get a ridiculous amount of money you can buy technically you can buy stuff from vendors which are purely cosmetic upgrades that don't actually impact gameplay at all and they're largely for a character your character which you pretty much never actually see yourself because it's first person game um so I don't know. It's it's really surprising. It's they've got a really good framework there and but yeah, it's just kind of amazing to me how little there is to do in it. I I I'm really surprised that for something that was in development for that long, it's just bereft of anything. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, did any of you guys uh, tried it out? I played it in beta. I, I was in the 
Yeah, I was I was also in uh, one of the betas. Yeah, and it it very much feels to me like they were trying to do a, an elite dangerous type game, but with pirates. Yes. And the problem uh, with that is that elite dangerous gives you at least something to work towards, and mm-hmm. there's no progression in Sea of Thieves that I can tell. Mm-hmm. No, and there isn't. You can elite. You can buy ships. You can buy new weapons. You can buy, you know, all that stuff. Sea of Thieves. There's. You can't even and, upgrade your ship. And you have exactly. other. And, and oh, it's going to interrupt you. And they have other things in Elite Dangerous, like you could do mining, which is boring, yep. but you can do it. You can, you have other things you can do with. You sea can of trade. Thieves. You can do bounty missions. Like yeah. I actually really like Elite, and yeah, it's just I don't know. And with. Um, uh, with uh, Sea of Thieves, it's just do these quests, collect the treasure chests, bring them back, and that's it. And do some exactly. ship battles. Yeah, maybe. And, and, my, and, and, and here's the hilarious thing: like you can fight other players uh, who have their own ships in the world, except you can either sink their ship, or if you kill the players, you can't actually steal their ship because the players will respawn on it. Oh, come so. on. Yeah, so you literally can't even steal their ship and do anything. Because we did that the other night. Me and a couple of my streaming buddies, we were playing it, and we actually came across a guy in a sloop, which is the smaller ship that's designed for only one player. And I actually managed to snipe him, which is something I never excel at in video games. And uh, we jumped over. My my buddy, Synchrosis, jumped over, and he was like, this is friggin' awesome! And then he got killed because the guy respawned and walked up behind him and stabbed him. And he's like, what?! <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the just first... remember, good pirates never steal. That's true. I guess not. The first and time, what's, what's the what, what's really bad with that is that uh, if you sink the ship, um, and there's anybody left alive on there, they can grab one of the chests and then swim to the mermaid uh, to yep. respawn, and uh, the chest disappears with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's 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 weird, right? Because the the way the way the press talked about it when they went and saw it at events and stuff was oh this kind of has a feel of destiny with pirates and i was like well as someone who flamed out on destiny one super quick and couldn't give a crap about the second one mostly for similar reasons about lack of content i was like okay but that could be cool because you know it's got a pirate theme which is something you don't see much anymore and stuff like that i'm like that'd be cool and this game kind of is destiny with pirates if you were like playing a version of destiny that wasn't due to come out for another two years it's just, I don't know, it's so strange that, like, because as nice as the game looks, like, I look at it and go, this game apparently was in development of some form or another before they even announced the Xbox One, and I'm like, what the hell was Rare doing all this time? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's it doesn't feel done to me. No, it feels like an early a, access game. I wonder if it's another uh, Mass Effect Andromeda situation where, like, yeah, it was in development for a really long time, but what they actually did was scrapped everything like two years in and then rebuilt everything from the ground up. And this is what they ended up with. Yeah. Well, for that matter, Destiny 1, that's actually what happened with Destiny 1. Like two years before Destiny came out, the management of Bungie went, we don't like this. We're starting over. Ugh. And that's kind of what happened. And it, it sort of feels like that. But it's, you know, sometimes I just wonder if either... If either gamers' expectations as a whole have lowered or if mine have just increased, because I know a ton of people both on Mixer and other places, including a coworker who sits beside me who 
are adoring this thing. And yeah, they say it's there, nice there are a lot of people it's, who it's like sort it, of relaxing in the way that Elite is relaxing and that you can just run missions while you have something on your other screen and you can just screw around. Or now, it's a very good game to stream because you can be social with your buddies while you're doing it. And I'm like, I don't know. Now, are these people that play games for like... Oh, yeah. No, one of the, the, the guy who sits okay. beside me like goes to BlizzCon every year. He's a hardcore Overwatch player. Like He's, he's big, big into games. Yeah, see, I was Did thinking... Like no Man's Sky. Oh. Yeah, it has a little bit of that feel to it. I think the if I'm I think the reason people are not exceptionally mad at this game is because this game it's underdelivered, but it didn't overpromise because that's what No Man's Sky did. They promised a bunch of stuff that was never there. Yeah, that's Rare true. has never really come out and said all the stuff you were going to be able to do in Sea of Thieves that then they never delivered on. Yeah, like everything that they said that they were gonna that you could do in the game, you could do in the game. Yeah, like, they didn't lie to anybody, which they objectively did with No Man's Sky, and I think that's where people got upset about. But, yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel burned by it because I did buy it with Game Pass, and there's actually other stuff in Game Pass that I'm going to mess around with in that month, so yeah, I'm they have like, like... They have, like, Halo in it in there as well, Halo 4. ReCore is in it, which is a game I do want to try. Uh, a bunch of actually pretty quality 360 stuff is in there that's all backwards compatible, so I'm kind of yeah. like, yeah... And I'm like, you know what? I'll, I, I played it for a few hours the other day. I'll do two or three more streaming sessions with my friends, probably get my fill of it, and then be like, all right, well, I paid 10 bucks, so whatever. Yeah. If I paid 80 bucks Canadian for this, I'd be pretty steamed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. have you played anything else this week? Uh, I mean, that was the big thing. I finally actually have started on, I'm still trying to work on my massive backlog, but, um, I've been studying for a network plus exam, which I passed yesterday. Thank Christ. Congratulations. Um, you make 50 cents more an hour. No, more than that, but it's, oh, okay. also not the, it's not the biggest raise in the world, but yeah, yeah also yeah. The, the company paid for it. So that's, that's okay. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I, I haven't had as much time to work on my stupid backlog as I wanted, but I finally started Assassin's Creed Origins, which uh, I've been enjoying. I'm, I've, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan. I played all of them, including the not-so-good ones. Uh, they changed a lot with Origins, uh, but it's most of the improvements, I think, are good ones. Uh, so I've been digging into that, enjoying that a little bit. Uh, I've been playing a little bit as well for... Um, Mostly for my YouTube channel, I've been playing um, this interesting kind of uh, roguelike game that came out that's not getting a lot of buzz called Helmet the Badass from Hell, um, which has actually been pretty good. It kind of feels a little bit like Nuclear Throne mixed with Enter the Gungeon or Gauntlet or something like that. It's uh, It's been pretty good, and uh, kind of out of nowhere recently, I have no idea why, but uh, Taito dropped on Steam a PC version of uh, Space Invaders Extreme which is a game that was originally for the DS and the PSP. It came out like a decade ago. Uh, and it's this really kind of weird and different sort of uh, version of Space Invaders that has like a bunch of extra mechanics and it's set to like this electronic music backdrop and stuff. I don't know why they just decided all of a sudden to release it on Steam, but uh, they did. And I was like, well, I'm going to go try this out. And uh, it's pretty good. It's a half decent port. It's a little expensive. But uh, what is it, 15 yeah, bucks I've been or enjoying that quite a bit as well. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's, I mean, the DS game was like 40 when it came out in the day. So, um, yeah, I've been enjoying it. So been picking away at those. But now that my exam is done, I have another cert I'm going to be starting, but not for a little bit. So uh, hoping to play a lot more in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, man, I wish my work paid for certs. 
man, I'm going to have a lot of free yeah. time here pretty soon. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway. That friggin' blows. Yeah. Anyway, um, Connor, what games have you played this week? Golly, I wish I played video games this week. I was playing StarCraft like literally a minute ago, but I just finished up. Other than that, uh, I guess Skyrim. Oh, you know what? There was a game that I picked up this week, kind of an impulse purchase. It's five bucks on the Nintendo Switch Indie Store. Yeah, it's uh, Steam World Dig or something like that. You know, that. I hear oh. I hear good things. Uh, I think I, the first Paralox... one or the second one. The first one. I don't think the second one's out. Okay, I the first one never did a ton for me, but I've heard people. A friend of mine really, really likes the second one, so I, I might give it a try at some point. Nice. I've only gotten like an hour into it, but it's it's enjoyable. It, it yeah. feels like a Metroidvania game. If a Metroidvania game made sweet, sweet love to a Terraria game. Yeah, it's kind of chill. I know that like it's, people like that about it. Like it's fairly. It's not too hard. Anytime that I get hurt or like severely damaged, I always feel like it's my fault. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it is. It is. Uh, so I guess that means you never you never played any of those like old Flash games where you dug. It, it's pretty much the exact same thing as SteamWorld Dig, except all it is is the mining thing without any of the Metroidvania stuff. Uh, I mean, I've played games like that before, but I haven't necessarily enjoyed them. Well, that's what I'm saying. That was like, yeah, that's, that's what it immediately put me in the mind of was those. It's kind of like Dig Dug a little bit. God, what was it? Was it Motherload? Was that I don't what it was know. Called? Oh, um... I have no idea. So... The games I've been playing, I played a little bit of a game for the PlayStation 3 called 3D, what was it? 3D Dot Game Heroes. Oh, I have that and I've been meaning to play it. It looks good. It's fun. It's a fun game. I enjoy it. You can make your uh, sword very, very uh, long and and hard. It's like a Zelda-like game made by the Dark Souls people, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's great. And it's, uh, if you don't have it, it's only like... 15 to 20 bucks on ebay so it's worth it yeah i've been meaning to fire that up one day i I bought it yeah on some crazy discount thing and put like an hour into it and i was like i should get back to this and then i didn't yeah it's a it's a good game i enjoy that i I enjoy the the zelda like games so like the original zelda so Mm -hmm. it was it was really fun and enjoyable did you actually finish it or have you just played some of it i just played a little bit of it not about a couple hours and okay then I played. I uh, had a fifteen-hour work day, and then a Ooh. and then a twelve-hour work day. So you know those those games were really bad. I really don't like those games. And then, mm. um, and I'm gonna have to talk to Aroa about this. I played uh, what was it? A way out. I bought. Yep. A oh way yes. Out. And. I bought that to play with a friend of mine, but he's out of town. So, and that game, uh, there's, it's only thirty bucks, and you can invite a friend to play it with you for free online, and they just download the game and you play through the whole game together, which yep. is what a row and how on EA like. <laughs> I know, no microtransactions, n- nothing like that. You just play it with your friend, and uh, it was a good game. I had a lot of, fu- uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and. The ending was really a lot different than I thought it was going to be. People so, said the ending is quite something. Yeah. So Aroa really likes it. You can go into it, yeah. Aroa. Yeah, I I like I was I was talking to my, my friend yesterday about it that like the ending is almost, at least to me, so good that it kind of 
cheapens the rest of the entire game in a way because like the podcast said that i think yeah yeah it's it's like everything just feels like it's building up to this amazing ending that like whenever i look back on it now it's like man there was nothing else in the game that was even close to that satisfying and fun and it's not to say that the rest of the game was boring by any means but it definitely didn't have anything quite as memorable as that um that said though like it is definitely one of the best co-op games i've ever played yeah yeah Um, it was really good like it's it's very rare to see a game that is designed so much around the idea of co-op to the point of like actual game mechanics in the game are built around playing cooperatively with somebody else because most games it's required i think isn't it yeah yes absolutely yeah and the game would be nowhere near and that that even goes more into it is that even the narrative is built around the idea that you are playing with somebody else you're working together and i will say that the game is a lot more demanding than you think it would be because um, it has it has to the graphics aren't great they're they're good but they're not great but you have to render the game twice. Oh yeah, because it's, oh yeah, that's that's actually what I was I was going to say that uh, the fact that it's built for split screen play is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because I I but it's have, effectively loading two environments at once because you get separated a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Most of the game is played out in split screen um, right. because it's basically you're you're just playing from an over the shoulder perspective probably 80% of the time. But then uh, but then you get like you get moments where it will like shift to so that one person like is focused on cuz they're doing like a storyline scene. So it was really fun when like Aroa was playing horseshoes and then he was slowly getting jotted out of the way for my story scene. And it's like no, yeah, no. It, um one of the most effective parts of the game uh, to me was uh, whenever there is a prison fight early on and uh, both of you are in the fight, but it's not split screen. It uh, it pans to one of you fighting and then as that's going on, it pans over to the other one fighting and there are quick time, like all the combat, like the hand-hand combat is uh, quick time events. So like the one player has their quick time events and then it pans over and then they do their quick time events. And then at one point, both of you are fighting the same guy and it's just one long action shot of you basically passing this guy between the two of you. Like it's, it's done so well. And uh, I think while we were playing it, I said that it's pretty much like a more effective quantic dream game than probably anything quantic dreams actually done at least in terms of that kind of like that style of execution. Yeah. See, that gets me interested because I'm someone who, despite the very, very, very many flaws of Quantic Dream and especially how those games are written and stuff, I've always like really enjoyed them and been fascinated by them. So if this shares DNA with that, but it's also better in some ways, that really interests me. Yeah, yeah a, it definitely yeah. it focuses on on style quite a lot like the game never the game never really gets hard i think we i 
did we die one time throughout the whole thing? I think, it was, I think we died a couple times, but it was like I jumped into water that I wasn't supposed to or yeah. oh, okay. Or we were, we were you we went were off limits careless. kind of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or okay. um, but, uh, you got caught by by the police when you were escaping and then we had to we had to restart. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, we like it was stuff like that, but uh yeah, it's it is very much like focused on have, giving you a good experience and not necessarily a challenging uh, game thing. Right. But I think that, that's, that's in line acceptable. with with uh, this is made by the guy who or directed by the guy who directed Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, and that was very similar thing. That game wasn't hard, but you know it was quite an experience at the end of it all right yeah incredibly good it much actually it's much like brothers in that like the game the main part of the game is is still good like i I, like definitely seven to eight out of ten kind of zone but the ending of brothers god damn it man shoves it right up to like nine nine point five territory without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> like Brothers is it, one of the only I am not someone who is who has moved to tears easily and Brothers is one of probably two or three games ever that had me like actively crying at the end of it. I was like, man, this is not what I expected out of this. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Yeah, definitely. All right. So did uh you play anything else, Aroa? Besides what um, we played? I did actually. Um, d- did you know that uh, PUBG came out on mobile? Uh, yes. Yeah, boy, that was it's... the thing. And, and almost very quickly after Fortnite did. Yeah. Um, it's actually not that bad. I've heard uh, it's actually kind of okay if you don't mind touch controls. Yeah, the touch controls are awful because they're touch controls. That said, though, um, unlike Fortnite Mobile, which I found out, Fortnite Mobile puts you in the same matchmaking queue as console players. Oh, good. Yes, it has a touch a phone only queue, but you have to opt into it. Yeah, there is no such matter on PUBG Mobile, which I didn't know that part. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's free to play, obviously because it's a mobile game and it's published by Tencent. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, it's straight up just PUBG. It looks like shit, um, even on the yeah. highest settings. But it doesn't really matter too much because if you like PUBG, which I hadn't gotten the chance to play it yet because I refused to spend $30 on it without knowing if I like it or not. Uh, but having played it now, it's, yeah, it was actually really fun. And I got number two on my on my first game. And it was fun. Nice. Several people were telling me, because I had a coworker who has never managed to get, he's gotten close, but he's never managed to get a chicken dinner in the full game. And he was like, holy shit, first match on mobile, I got a chicken dinner. Apparently, though, for the first number of matches until you get used to it, apparently you're largely playing against bots, but the game doesn't really make that clear. Oh, so I don't know if that's true. This is what I've heard. I haven't tried it yet. I guess I could try it. So but... you suck, Aroa. The thing is, Aroa sucks. Yeah. So that, I don't I mean, know. I don't know me. if that's true or not, or maybe just in the first couple of days the population wasn't there. But my buddy who played it on his phone was. I found out later. He's like, yeah, maybe I wasn't playing against real people, and that's why I won. <laughs> oh, whatever. That's fine. But Let's... I don't know. I might try it out myself, actually. But uh, yeah. Let's yeah, it was really to... weird to hear both of these things come out, and especially the fact that, like, they're letting Fortnite 
people play with PC and console. And I'm like, even them letting PC and console players play together, I found kind of weird just because of the control differences. But I'm like, you're going to put like a touchscreen up against controller and mouse and keyboard people? Yeah. Wow. So so I played... Does anybody remember Shadowrun? Yeah. I don't yep. think I played that on Windows that. Vista, god damn yeah, it. Yeah, me too. How <laughs> awful was that game? It was uh, well, terrible. The game itself had a really it, you know what? That game could have been cool if they'd done some things to it that they never yeah. did. But so yeah. so I played that on Windows Vista as well. And yeah. but and it was able to play with uh, Xbox 360 players. Mm-hmm. But Xbox yep. 360 players actually had an advantage because they had auto. They uh, had auto aim. They yep. had like a slight, slight auto aim like they have in Halo and stuff, which they didn't yep. have in the PC version. And nope. so I wonder if that's the same with uh, PUBG. I want to say yes. I think that they do have some kind of compensation for that in there. Epic at least thinks that they are going to be able to balance it. So uh-huh. I, I'm curious how I'm curious how it actually works. But because I mean, they must have a, a, an idea for that, right? Because if mobile players constantly get their ass kicked by PC and mobile, they won't or PC and console players, they won't stick around. So right, right, must have some theory on that. At least that's my guess. But well, they might stick around because it's, they might stick around because it's free. Also, that well, it's free everywhere else too, though. PUBG the Battle Royale mode is no. Uh, you're talking about Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Fortnite. No, not not PUBG. But yeah. okay, let's move on to something it's, that's it's interesting. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, let's move on to something that's not free. It's very not free. It's the Vive Pro. Yeah. So, how many people here have VR headsets? I have one. I know Aroa has two. Oh, yeah, he's got the PlayStation VR headset. Yeah. Ignore me. Half my coworkers have them, and we have a Vive at, at the office, but I do not own one yet. Okay, so will you be picking up the Vive Pro as your first VR? Fucking $800. <laughs> yeah, American. It's way more. It's That's American. It's way more for, uh, way I pay, more for me. I paid $800 for the whole setup. Uh, with the yeah. original Vive, which and the original mm-hmm. Vive is dropping down to five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the- I mean, I don't know. I I said I would probably buy into VR when it hits second gen, and the software library was a little more compelling. And it is second gen, which is cool. The library, I uh, not so much still. Uh, still don't know yet. The thing is, like you you say, it's second gen, but the only thing that's like changing it's resolution only. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, the, the tracking, true. the tracking improvement, like they, they are releasing new lighthouses. It literally only increases the range of the tracking. So it's useless to anybody, but somebody who's running an arcade pretty much. Yeah. Or if you have some really large room or something like that. 10 which... meters. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if, if you're running a, a, a VR arcade or something like that, you're going to be all right with spending $800 on a VR. That's game. true. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, I, this is targeting the, the general audience. So isn't it, this isn't like specifically a, a professional level product, right? Uh, I, I think it might be that it was designed with the idea of targeting the the arcade style audience and like the, the hyper enthusiast crowd, but they're just kind of throwing it out there because they know that it's already a niche market. And now now they are, they are, they have built in headset this time. So which that's kind of helpful, but you could already buy that. Yeah. 
And then they are increasing the resolution to 2880 by 1600. Uh, Which doesn't mean anything to me, at least, because my problem with the headset is not with the resolution of the screens, but rather the Fresnel lenses that make anything outside of, like, maybe 40 degrees from the center of your field of vision a blurry mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the headset's going to be released April 5th for a whopping $800. Um, however, yeah. probably over a thousand bucks in my in my land, I I reckon. So and, how many but, quails is that? Ha- however, they yeah. are dropping they are dropping the original vibe with everything with the controllers, with the headset, with the tracking things you put on your walls. They're dropping that down to five hundred dollars. So which is good in terms of getting some people in who maybe couldn't the first time. And, and it sounds like the improvements to the new one are minor enough that you'd still be yeah. fine with the old ones. And you're getting Fallout 4 VR bundled in with it. Which oh, that's cool. is yeah. like in in my top three most compelling VR experiences that I've I've had thus far. Yeah. I just yeah, I wish I've I could have gotten that to work for me. Decent. Which, by the way, Skyrim VR launches April 3rd. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. it does. Okay, I didn't know that had a date on PC yet. I yep, might April 3rd. get that. I don't know. The, but I Nino, am Nino Kuni two just came out. Uh, yeah, I, I remember I mean, my first good time things, but I didn't care about the first one either. So I don't know. I like <laughs> the first one. It was. It was. Yeah. It was very pretty. Um, yeah. It's a baby game for babies. Ollie, Ollie pissed. <laughs> uh, like the characters, actually, I didn't like. Like Ollie. And then uh, Mr. Drippy just constantly being like, hello, Ollie, me boy. I'm going to tell you how to do this. Dude, I've been playing the game for 45 well, hours. British, no. <laughs> thought it was Irish or something. Or maybe it's that. Um, And he's yeah. going to be like, he's just like, Ollie, me boy. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And you're like, I've been playing for 45 hours, man. Stop telling me how to do stuff. So, mm. ah, well. Uh, Fair enough. Baby game for baby people. You're a baby. You're a baby. You know, let's let's talk about something that I'm kind of I kind of think is neat, but I also think it's really bad. It's called Procreation. The, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, the gray key iPhone unlocker. Yeah. Have what? any of you guys read about this? I posted a link to it. Um, so the gray key unlocker basically is a little gray box with two lightning cables coming out of it. And what apparently you're allowed to, you're able to do is plug an iPhone into it. It does something to the phone and then it takes a couple hours. And then it has just a black screen that shows the passcode for that phone. Uh Yeah, so uh, so oh my. It, so it extracts the the whatever it whatever hash or whatever that's on the phone and then just brute forces it yeah yeah so the iphones can be connected one at a time and are connected for about two minutes after that they are disconnected from the device but are not cracked sometime later the phones will display a black screen with the passcode among other information the exact length of time varies taking about two hours in the observation of our source it can take up to three days for a longer six digit passcode uh okay so i probably don't have anything to worry about (laughs) i'm sorry what was that 
I was going to say, I probably don't have anything to worry about then because if it takes three days to crack a six-digit passcode, <laughs> um, my passcode... Uh, hold on a second. Let me see how long mine is. Aroa uh, is sweet. Let's see. Mm. Well, then we just guessed it. We just brute forced it anyway, so... 17 characters, including capital letter and special so, characters. Okay, so that'll take 19 to 20 years. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would take, so it would take a while, but uh, basically you just unplug it, let it charge until it cracks it. So it would probably yeah. take a while. That, that's all, that is kind of insane, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, uh, so chances are then... If it does it, because I didn't realize it did it on the phone. So it must. Yeah. They must have found some way to inject a uh, an enterprise certificate into yeah. the phone. Yeah. It says after, like that, yeah. after the device is unlocked, the full contents of the file system are downloaded to the gray key device. From there, they can be accessed through a web-based interface on a connected computer and downloaded for analysis. The full unencrypted contents of the keychain are also available for download. Um, <laughs> so the, every every other password the person has saved on it. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, boy. The gray key device itself comes in two flavors. One is $15,000, and it requires, <laughs> internet, it requires internet connectivity to work. So, yeah, uh, so they get back. Yeah, well, so it's connecting you to the FSB server. Yeah. So, I'm well, <laughs> it's 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 well, it's strictly geofenced so that it can't be used on any other network. So it's it's locked to your network. There's also right, a yeah. There's also a thirty thousand dollar option, um, only slightly less expensive than the Five Pro Two. And at this price, the device requires no internet connection whatsoever and has no limit to the number of unlocks it can do. It will work for as long as it works, uh, presumably until Apple fixes whatever vulnerabilities. So you're basically buying the unlocked on. version of it. Yeah. 30 how, grand, you get the DRM-free version. However, it does. Uh, the offline model does have a token-based two-factor authentication. Right. So, you know, makes it so that if you don't have the token, it won't work. So you either have the one where it'll only work on that's, one network. That's probably, yeah. Or you have one with, uh, you know, the, the token-based so, thing. That's probably the some... version where they're telling law enforcement agencies, hey, we're not saying that this version's made for you, but wink, wink. Well, it says for law enforcement, this is undoubtedly a boon. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, similar stories involving cracking iPhone haven't turned out so well. Consider, for example, the case of the IP box. I never even heard of this. Me it was neither. a similar device that was once used to access the contents of iPhones running older versions of iOS. Uh, the I original IP box ended in iOS 8.2, which gave rise to the IP box 2. Unfortunately, it became widely available and was almost exclusively used illegitimately rather than by say. law enforcement. Today, the various IP boxes can be found being sold through various websites, even including Amazon. Anyone who wants a device can get one. So uh, now, you know what I wonder what, if I and I don't know this because I'm not an Apple person, but so the big feature of the iPhone X or the iPhone 10 or whatever the frig they're calling it is the facial unlock. Now, yeah. do you still have to put do you still have to put a password on that as a backup that it? Yes. Crack, yes. Or yes. You do. OK, because so that the, you can get into the iPhone 10s easily as well. Well, because yep. the fate your face 
isn't always recognized with the iPhone X. <laughs> you know, you could get in a horrible car accident and then your face isn't. <laughs> well, I have, so, uh, you know. so so well, I have a friend. It's also uh, uh, it's also um, the the uh, passcode is used as the actual key for oh. uh, as the seed for encrypting everything. Right, and ah. then your your thumbprint, fingerprint, whatever, or your your face is um, the data for that is just used to authenticate with the I think they call it the secure enclave on the phone, which just has your passcode stored in in its secure memory or whatever I while see. the phone okay. is so, on. So so my um, so I have a friend uh, who has his him and his wife got the iPhone X on day one. Uh, I love yeah. them. They're also incredibly stupid. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, a anyway, of mine got one of those too, but he used to work for Apple. So he, oh. he's, he, he swims in the Kool-Aid daily. Yeah. So oh, yes. he, my friend was telling me about how, uh, sometimes it won't recognize his face. And so he'll swipe up, he'll put in the passcode and then it's like saves that. And so, it slowly becomes better at recognizing your face in different situations because if, right. if you put in the passcode, it's like, oh, that's that's his face, and it will oh, store that. Oh, I see. So yeah. you're, like, training it, basically. Exactly. Yep. So that's they, they, pretty neat. They said whenever they announced it, it um, since the X is, well, the X and the 8 series phones are the first ones that they have this dedicated machine learning chip on them. That's right. like going to be one of their big new features is that basically the phone just gets better at recognizing you over time. Right. Right. Which I guess if you really want super solid facial recognition that is going to work 99% of the time, you kind of have to do that. Otherwise, you'd be calibrating it for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. Like every unfortunately, make. unfortunately so. it also... Uh, it's also just an overall terrible idea, and I hate it a lot. Well, the, also the face, that, yes. The face recognition? Yes. The facial recognition is is awful. Because here's, here's the thing. Yes, you can steal someone's fingerprint from a photo of their hand if the photo is high resolution enough. Uh-huh. How difficult is it? Well, to get a high, super high resolution photo of someone's finger. And and not just their finger, the end of their finger. Right. I wager it's much more difficult to do that than to get a high-res photo of their face. Especially when they're taking, like, selfies with the same high-resolution camera that does the <laughs> facial recognition. Precisely. <laughs> yes. uh, or, or, if they're, <laughs> or if they're a major political figure where they're at press conferences on a regular basis. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, and, and so let's, I, let's be fair. Uh, they've done tests where they've they've tried high resolution photos of people's faces to unlock phones. It tends uh-huh. not to work. However, yeah, it doesn't. However, they have been able to make certain photos printed in such a way that it does work. You you just you have somebody who can make uh, like those um, where like they take a skull and then they like you know put clay over it and they can rebuild the person's yeah. face from I wonder, that i wonder if uh, we did i wonder if we did like a 3d print of someone's face well that's essentially what you can do yeah um it, not not exactly a 3d print but you can do a three-dimensional reconstruction of somebody's face and it will unlock 
from that if you do it well enough. It's been wow. shown by multiple independent security groups that you can do that. And you can do that with a fingerprint. But as I said, it's a much more difficult task to do that with a fingerprint than it is to do with somebody's face. And right. that's yeah. the main reason that I don't like it. Now, there are other little things like the fact that to be able to unlock my phone with uh, without or with my face, I would have to say if I'm riding a motorcycle or I'm wearing some kind of face mask or something, I have to take that off. Like, well, it, no, I mean, okay, stupid. let's let's be fair. They also have the pin you can put in your pin. You can. It. I would for I, somebody like me. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, <laughs> you'd I, rather just type in the 18 character password each time. Yeah, 17. I, I, yeah, 17 I don't, characters. I, I don't want to have to do that. It's I, already annoying I, for me to do that every morning, but I do it anyway because I don't trust the world. See, I do. I just have my fingerprint, and then I have like a. I think I have a four-digit password on my phone. Oh, that's terrible, man. I know. Don't do it's that. awful. It's awful. Oh, oh no, well. Don't do that. I don't care. No, I. But my yeah, I like I um I do the thing every night where um I set it to where I have to type the password in in the morning. Yeah, I um, have that too. Like if you use on iPhones, if you if you hit the power button a bunch of times, it activates SOS mode, which a lot of people refer to as cop mode, because it used to be before that feature existed, the only way to force the um, fingerprint to stop working was either to make it fail uh, enough times or to power off the phone. But yeah. now you can just mash on the power button before you hand it to a cop and then they can't get into it. Now, I will no. say I, they couldn't. Now, now talking about the gray box, I will say that this would be handy for certain situations when, and, and what I'm going to rely upon is, is a story I have of one of my sister's boyfriends who got really, really drunk. And while he was drunk, he changed his password on his iPhone. <laughs> and so he tried to, over and over again, he was trying to change his password, like figure out what he had changed his password to. And he locked himself. And then it gave him a five-minute timeout. And then he locked itself again, or he failed again, and it locked him for another 20 minutes. And then he kept doing it over and over again, and it eventually locks you for 42 years. <laughs> so so i had to go now thankfully this was slightly before the time when they required like in order to do a factory reset you had to put in your code like it, they made it harder to do factory resets on iphones eventually thankfully this yeah. was before that time so i was able to get it to factory reset his phone and he was able to get access to his phone again but well, at least there's that yeah uh, now you can't really do that unless you do some some nice little hacking, and I don't want to go through that. So this gray box, while this might not be the you know best thing, if there was like a computer shop that had one of these, that was that's like, what I was thinking. Like that was like hey, like they had the fifteen thousand dollar version, so it's connected to their internet, and you come up and you're like, hey, I locked my iPhone, I can't remember the password. I can't get it changed. Can you help me? And this is totally not my wife's iPhone who I want to spy on the contents of to see if she's been cheating on me. Yeah, exactly. 
But, you know, um, I could totally see some of like larger or more successful like phone repair shops or chains or whatever investing in one of these for, for yeah. that to be like, hey, you know, a hundred bucks and we'll unlock your phone. Yeah. And it might take yeah. a, it might take a couple days, but we'll get it unlocked for you. Yeah, uh, exactly. So the only thing I don't like about it is that it saves all that stuff to the gray box. Yeah. Like the, so I, you can never be sure that whoever unlocked it doesn't have all your shit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and I mean, you know, also the other thing is what I'm sure would be the risk for a lot of these shops or whatever is you know how long will this thing remain effective before Apple gets wise to it? Yeah. Well, yeah. not just that. You also have things like what kind of data is being stored on that device, mm-hmm. because if you say have somebody who is a nurse or mm-hmm. otherwise works in the medical a industry. Lawyer. They can- <laughs> They can have PHI on there or some other stuff that they're not supposed yeah. to have. And uh, FYI, making copies of that is illegal. Yeah. Yes. Or uh, if they're a lawyer or, you know, a congressperson or... <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, making, you're, you're doing a lot of things that with this that are going to put you on in the way of opening yourself up for to a lawsuit. Obviously, law enforcement doesn't have that problem because they can just kill innocent people and they don't have any re- repercussions. But... Well, yeah. um, you know, I I still I hate this. I hate this a lot, and I hope that Apple patches whatever they will, whatever backdoor that they're using so very they, quickly. So so Oro, you know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's Apple's going to happen. Gonna, Apple's going to either pay the company that made it a lot of money to find out what bug they're using, or they're just going to buy their own and reverse engineer it. Yeah, and then that's probably so, what they're going to do, rather yeah. than give money to bad people. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to they're going to they to be. They're going to fix it. They're going to fix a vulnerability, and then somebody else is going to come along and find a different vulnerability and exploit that. Yeah, like it's that's, it's, what, that's the, what always this happens. is the modern it's day. The this is the way yeah. it works with connected devices these days. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the cycle, and yeah, but they're. You know. My my point though is that there is no world in which I find this to be an acceptable device. And Celebrite may, uh, you know, they may have all the good intentions in the world. They probably don't. Um, no. They're probably just fucking cucks. So what we're gonna do? So, way, so what we're gonna do? Well, what they're what they're into is they're they don't have good intentions or not. Their intention is, hey, we found a way to make a shitload of money, and what yes. people do with this thing after we get our money is not our problem. So so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start a GoFundMe, so that we could raise fifteen thousand. One of those. So I could have the Reet Entertainment Gray Box, and we're gonna see how long it takes to unlock a Roa's phone. Yeah, and then we'll have. Uh, <laughs> And then we'll, we'll, we'll buy one of those and then you can, yeah, you can, then you can start up a, a business afterwards and charge people to unlock their phones and then you won't need to work anymore because you'll just be doing that all day. That would, okay, you know, that wouldn't be bad. Eventually you'll have a whole farm of gray boxes. It'll be great. I should, I should, I should, uh, do a, I wonder if I can see how long it would take to brute force a SHA-256 hash of my password, because I believe yeah. that's what that's what iPhones use. A shot. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. So, let's that move on. Uh, while, while we wait for you to do that, we're going to move on to something else that has to do with the tech industry. It is called the NVIDIA GeForce Partner Program. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody excited for this? <laughs> nope. Uh, I don't and know by excited, is, don't you care. mean seeing red, yes. Oh, well, that's good enough. Uh, so the NVIDIA GeForce Partner Program is supposed to be something that 
NVIDIA, they're trying to tout it as something good, when in reality... It's corporate blackmail is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So, from what I understand, like, they... If you don't join the NVIDIA partner program, you don't get certain benefits, correct? That, that so if basically if you don't join the nvidia partner program you won't get a lot as a graphics card vendor or what they call an aib which is an add-in board partner um you if you're not part of that program you won't get a lot of co-marketing stuff you won't get things like you know how nvidia always has those promos where it's like buy a new card and get a get you know get a game yeah, um yeah. you won't get that stuff you won't get uh, a bunch of other stuff and they have said pretty much with a wink and a nudge that uh, to a lot of these companies that, hey, uh, you know how inventories are really low right now because of all the miners? Yeah, the next time we're doing asset allocation, uh, y- you guys who are in, not in the program, y- you, you, uh, y- you may not get first dibs there. And, uh, you know, your, your, your competitors who are in the program, they, uh, they might be able to sell cards when you can't. And, uh, you know, you kind of need to sell cards to make a living, don't you? Yeah, that's what we thought. Um, and it, it's basically corporate blackmail. It's the same thing that Intel got convicted of doing uh, years ago when they were basically bullying companies like Dell and HP into stocking Intel chips or building systems with only Intel chips in them. Um, there is nothing about this that is good for consumers. No. They're calling it like a brand thing. Uh, they also insist, for example, that if you are a company that has a dedicated gaming brands so for example asus republic of gamers or gigabyte aorus or msi gaming x any of those things that that gaming brand can only be used for nvidia cards yeah so so here's what they here's what they say on this it says uh it says the the program isn't exclusive this is from nvidia Uh, It says, partners continue to have the ability to sell and promote products from anyone. Partners choose to sign up for the program, and they can stop participating at any time. There is no commitment to make any monetary payments or product uh, discounts for being part of the program. GPP ensures our engineering and marketing efforts support brands. Consumers associate with GeForce. That transparency will give gamers the confidence needed to make their purchase. So... Like they're not even trying to hide it very well. So here's the problem. They say they say that you can you can promote any products you want, but in the GeForce Partner program, from what I understand, you can't you can't choose gaming brands. So you can promote That's exactly correct. You can promote AMD graphics cards, but if they don't have or I'm sorry, like chipsets like uh let's see Gigabyte whatever, I don't know who makes AMD stuff cuz I don't actually go AMD ever. But let's say that you have like an AMD motherboard or something. It cannot be the gaming edition. And the gaming yes. edition tends to sell better than the non-gaming editions. That's correct. So, so basically, uh, I mean, for a really good uh, lengthy explanation of this, actually, Linus Tech Tips, which is a channel I don't often watch, but he actually did an exceptionally good uh, explainer video for this on one of his podcasts um, where he talked about this at length and from the perspective of someone who, like, knows a lot about this stuff. Um and the thing that really infuriates me about this is that pretty much every major brand has already bent over for this. Uh, yeah. Gigabyte has already been removing the Aorus branding from all their AMD offerings, including ones that used to have it. 
Um, and and and, and uh, here's here's so the is problem. MSI as well, which is the brand that I normally go to for this stuff. Yeah, and and here's the problem is I understand why they're doing that. Oh, they're um, terrified. AMD yeah. owns like eighty five percent of the PC graphics market right no, now. No, 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 they don't. Is it more than that? No, you said AMD. Oh, I'm sorry. NVIDIA owns 95%. Yeah, no. AMD, it used to be almost a 50-50 split, but right now it's, uh, yeah, it, it, like NVIDIA has basically a near monopoly on PC graphics, and they know it. And yeah. they're doing the same thing Intel did a number of years ago. Um, and, like, I'm not surprised to see them trying, but it infuriates me that none of these companies are even, like, like none of these companies are putting up any kind of a fight. None of them really seem to care at all well, about and, what they're doing, and it it, it 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 drives me nuts because it's total anti anti consumer, anti competitive bullshit. But but I get I I kind of get it. Like I would if I was one of those people, like the if I was running MSI or Gigabyte or something, I'd probably do the same thing because and Nvidia is what makes the most money. And so, or you know, these companies could grow a collect. And I know this is not how business works, but also maybe not. these companies could collectively grow a fucking spine and tell them collectively, "This is bullshit. We're not doing this because we respect our fucking customers." So what you're telling, what you're telling <laughs> you're me, you're implying anyone actually respects PC gaming customers. <laughs> well, or that any corporation actually gives a shit about their customers have, to begin with. Have you, or, right. insofar as that they can just get money out of them, which yes, I understand that point. But nonetheless, I I, I said this on. And yes, I, this is just me posting this on Twitter. So what the fuck does it matter? But I, I am going to, to to stay true to this. If uh, if this program does not go, if this program continues in the current form as it is, when I next upgrade my graphics card, it's going to be AMD, even if it's not the top performer, because yeah. I won't support a company that does this shit. Have you, I don't care if I have to lose a few frames a second, but this yeah. this is giving money to a company that basically says they don't give a fuck about you as a customer, and anybody who openly does that, like, yes, that's true of basically every business, but when you so openly display contempt for your customers like this, you can eat a dick. <laughs> so what, what really sucks about AMD versus NVIDIA here is that AMD has always done the exact opposite of what nvidia does with with their their brands in general they've always been a lot more supportive of open standards yep. uh having free sync as opposed to g-sync uh ha supporting open cl hardcore as opposed the to NVIDIA creating of, of uh, vulcan yeah as opposed to nvidia Going, no, everybody just use CUDA. It's great. Or and... use G-Sync, which is, the, which is actually a worse technology than FreeSync, but adds $300 to the cost of your monitor. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, in, in NVIDIA keeps doing all these things, and, and they're, they're making all these new standards for, like, the NVIDIA game works, is it? Yep. Uh, which, the, was, that... which, is the, uh, which is a bribing program aimed at developers instead of AIBs. Right, and all all of this stuff to basically do like a like an Apple or Google kind of ecosystem walled garden type approach uh, yep. to hardware manufacturing in a way to to wrangle in third parties and and game developers to to make them stuck with the GeForce brand because yep. they they have to 
build their their games and products around nvidia as a company they have to integrate gameworks and like nvidia's proprietary uh vr technology or that like hair works and shit like that like this is what nvidia has been doing for years now just trying to to shove everybody into this nvidia geforce platform almost in a way and it's it it's sickening and the thing that i hate about it is that like nvidia already has already has a huge share of the market and i'm gonna say it straight up a lot of it is based on pure bullshit like you wouldn't believe how many people i still know i still argue with friends and colleagues about this on a regular basis who say i won't buy amd because their drivers are garbage and i'm like one that hasn't been an issue for years i say this as someone who has an r9 fury in my land box one that hasn't been an issue in years two does anybody remember last year when nvidia pushed out a driver that set a whole bunch of cards to turn their fans off and brick them and had to pull it after a day Um, yeah like nvidia is so good and to be fair they are exceptionally skilled at this nvidia is so good And I watched an Adore TV video a while ago that talked about this, about how NVIDIA is so incredibly skilled at capturing mindshare and convincing people that they are the objectively superior offering, even when they very clearly aren't. That, like, that's the thing. They managed to capture 80% of the market based mostly on that bullshit and with which you know fair or not is is fair play within the market without having to do this anti-competitive crap. So and they ma- they already managed to do it and yet they're still pulling this off because even though they basically have already won like it's not good enough you know and it's just it's uh it's just it's so, so friggin infuriating the, the, I shouldn't have to sign into a fucking account to update my drivers with the software that you put on my computer Nope absolutely and not and yet I have to and, like, and every you know and and I I find it funny you know everybody complains about the Windows 10 telemetry stuff, every NVIDIA driver has full telemetry built into it that yep. you can't turn off. So I'm going to you know, know. interrupt you and, and actually talk on my podcast. Um, mm. <laughs> I mean, have no you guys... Way. No one's here for you. So they have the, the, the R9 series? Is that what it's called? The new ones? The R7 uh, or that's whatever? The, uh, no, it's the RX. It's the RX, Vega. Okay. The, 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 RX is the midline. Vega is their high end. Okay, so they have those, and those are comparable. They're obviously not as powerful as the NVIDIA ones. The six, like the, the 1070 uh, the and the... Vega 64 can hold against a 1080, but not a 1080 Ti. Yeah, and but they're also significantly cheaper. Yes, they are. And that's, I mean, if you're but looking at getting is... a new graphics card, look at look at those, Vega, the Vega, and even the, the RX series is pretty decent. Like, it can, yep. it can hold its own and give you good performance for the price but what also sucks is that as a result of nvidia's dominating uh, dominating position on the market most developers develop and test against nvidia hardware primarily yeah Yeah. which means that things are more uh, more apt to go wrong whenever you have amd hardware that's why Mm. vr has been a lot more of a problem for people with AMD than with NVIDIA cards. Because even though it it tends to work pretty much the same way, NVIDIA just has 
a lot of of nuance type stuff that just I don't know if it makes it easier to develop for or if it's just the developers prefer to prefer to use it because it's a bigger market to to target. But most of the time, Some if you read about, is... sorry, uh, most of the time, if you read about people having problems in VR games, it's they're on AMD hardware. And part of the problem too is that. With AMD in particular, working with developers and that is that AMD was on the brink of failure for many, many years. And I mean, Ryzen has kind of brought them back from the edge, but they're still not a very healthy company. And so they don't have the resources to throw at developers that NVIDIA does because NVIDIA is rolling in it and they have been for a long time. And it's frustrating, right? Because I watched another video about this the other day that popped up on Reddit. It was from some gaming YouTuber I've never heard of, but who's apparently popular, who said something along the lines of like, you know, it's not that NVIDIA has convinced the world to buy bad products. You know, it's not that NVIDIA cards are, are, are bad. In fact, they're very, very good. You know, I have a 1080 in my machine that I've been extremely happy with in the time I've owned it. But it's just it's just the fact that they have managed to convince people that AMD products are so worse than they actually are and they managed to perpetuate that for years and years and years despite you know like i said you know the majority of people out there still think that in, that AMD has terrible drivers and that has objectively not been true for years and it's just so strange how they've managed to to keep that myth going and uh you know and in, to be fair as well and amd cards have had a consistent problem which is that every generation when nvidia launches a new card or sorry when amd launches a new card they tend to have weak drivers when they first launch so a lot of the reviews and benchmarks that come out show the cards to not perform very well and then three to six months later the drivers have matured and the cards in many cases are performing better than their nvidia counterparts but by then, everyone's already made their purchase decision, and they've lost again, yep. which is a problem that I think they do need to figure out. Um, but like, because like when they when the Vega sixty four launched, it was substantially worse than a ten eighty in almost every benchmark. Now it's better than a ten eighty in most of those same benchmarks. But it took six months for that to happen. Yeah, because of driver um, support. Yeah, and that is something that AMD, like, that's the thing. AMD is certainly not faultless. They have things, they need to get that stuff sorted out before they launch a new card. And hopefully now that they, one, have had some success because Ryzen is doing very well. Because Ryzen, I also, my Landbox has a Ryzen 1600 in it, and it's fucking fantastic. Uh, but because of that, and also because that the Vega line has been selling very well, kind of in spite of itself, because of miners that hopefully now the extra money that they're getting from that will allow them to put the work into making good headway on the next generation. And hopefully they can leg legitimately beat NVIDIA on price to performance and hopefully counter all this crap. But yeah, I don't know. I, but I, but I've said it, I, I, and I said it and I intend to stick to that unless something major changes, which is that NVIDIA is dead to me now, even if it means I have to have a, you know, a less than top performing card. I just can't put, I can't give my money to those people anymore. Right. And with Not that, do this kind of thing with that, let's move on to the next story, uh, which I think it's just a silly story. So uh, one of my favorite call of duty games is call of duty, modern warfare and call of duty, modern warfare two. And so they're actually going to be remaking call of duty, modern warfare two. 
And oh well, they're remastering it, not remaking it. They're just making it prettier. Hmm. Uh, but apparently they're, they're just they're... gonna make it run at like native 1080 or something. Yeah, pretty still much. stuck at 30 frames per second though. Of course, of course. No, the Call of Duty's never ran at 30. I know. They they always did run at 60 frames a second. They were they that were... was one of their their redeeming qualities. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's uh, going to be single player only. That's interesting because they—that's the rumor. Mo- right when now. they did the Modern Warfare remaster, like the first Call of Duty Four, that had multiplayer and actually had a ton of loot boxes and shit in it that everybody hated but still paid for. Yeah, and so which is interesting. I, I honestly, this is a rumor, and I would be surprised if it did have only single player. That would make zero sense. That's not what sells Call of Duty games. No. You know what I bet it's going to be? And what I I heard on another podcast being presumed is what what it's going to be? They're they're just going to sell the multiplayer as a separate item. I could believe that. Didn't they do that with Modern Warfare 1? They did that with one of the Call of Duties. Uh, Yeah. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um... They they sold a Call of Duty starter edition, I think, for maybe Infinite Warfare. Yeah, I remember that. Where you could you paid like ten or fifteen bucks, and you could play multiplayer up to the point of prestiging. You couldn't prestige, but you could get to max level. Yeah, that was like an experiment they ran, and it was temporary too. Yeah, like it, it wasn't out forever. No. Yeah, I remember um, that. We that talked now. about yeah. that on the podcast. Yeah, I could see them doing doing that um, because I bet that there are a lot of people who just want to go back and play older Call of Duty multiplayer because obviously whenever you have, have been running out of ideas for years, you just go back and resell something you already made literally verbatim. Well, yeah, yep. like look at Nintendo. And, and you resell the DLC for that old game. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, look and at- apparently, like, apparently Modern Warfare Remastered, which, like I said, was full of micro tra- or loot boxes and stuff that wasn't in the original. Apparently, that did really well and, like, had a huge community and everything and else. Of course, it fucking did because people are stupid. Well, I, yeah, I mean, you like, and it's funny, right? Because I'm a guy who actually doesn't really like Call of Duty multiplayer, but I play every one of the campaigns mostly just to see how insane they've gotten. And uh, I've been working, I, I have a couple of Call of Duty campaigns to catch up on, but I've been working on that. But like, I, I, would, I, I would actually play Modern Warfare 2 just the single player uh, in a remastered form again. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, it, but it's funny because I also remember, I believe it was Activision who said at some point a few years ago that like something like only 30% of Call of Duty, people who buy Call of Duty even ever launch the single player campaign, much less yeah. finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Which blew my mind how that blows my mind that they're continuing to put as much effort into those campaigns as they are, given that they apparently no one gives a shit. Yeah. Not but, a single uh, person gives a shit about single player in Call of Duty. However, I guess not. There is there is a game series that people give a shit about the single player, and that's The Witcher. The Witcher, yeah. People, and The Witcher people are making another game called Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, no multiplayer. Uh, he wants to be. No multiplayer at launch. Nope. And it may okay. be. At E3. Witcher didn't have any at all, so I don't. Yeah, care. exactly. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> 
Obviously. I'm a huge cyberpunk nut, and I have said straight up that I will not only, when that game comes out, I will not only take a week off to stream it every day, but I'll upgrade my computer to whatever I have to to play it on max settings. Yeah. And because, uh, yeah, that is, as a fan of the concept of cyberpunk, this being one of the first only ever really, truly huge big box or like big budget triple A cyberpunk RPGs. This is basically the game I've waited my whole life for. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I cannot wait for this thing. It's oh. So uh, what, Connor? What do you have to say about it? I'm so excited, but I'm a little frustrated with all of the marketing thus far. Why? Because all that they're saying is, and I quote, this is, actually I'm not quoting, I don't have the article open anymore. They're always saying, this is such a very advanced technological demo. Or they're just saying that it's technologically advanced. I think specifically saying character creation is technologically advanced. But that's all they're saying. They're not saying anything else. It says, technology-wise, cyberpunk is very advanced. Our technology is ready to interface with future generations. The game is developed in such a way that it can use future, very powerful equipment. And I cannot tell you more than that. And because you can't tell me anything more than that, don't tell me anything at all. Because it's uh, just no. I cannot tell you more uh, beyond that today, as no future generation of console has been announced. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I guess that part was important. I see what they're saying. That that's why everybody is making a big deal about this because they basically indirectly confirmed that developers have the PlayStation Five dev kit. Yeah, they're they're saying they're saying we're developing this for the PlayStation Five, we're developing this for the Xbox One Two. Um, <laughs> ah, that's Isn't such that a stupid name. The we're we're, we're, we're developing. They're developing for the NVIDIA GeForce Eleven. Yeah, uh, earlier early earlier this month, rumors arrived claiming that PlayStation Five dev kits were already in the hands of developers. Uh, as for gameplay. They confirmed that players should be able to create a character to choose from different classes. He added that they would deliver a huge story-driven role-playing game for single-player. Of of course, it's going to be like The Witcher 3, but in Cyberpunk. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all what be. CD Projekt Red does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it didn't the bread roll- and butter. It didn't rule out the possibility of future expansions, adding multiplayer element. Some things that he did rule out were released uh, were a release on the Nintendo Switch. And he said, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. that thing ain't gonna hang, bro. <laughs> uh, it says we are, we are focusing on the strongest devices out there, the high-spec PCs and consoles, and any form of microtransactions saying that uh, Cyberpunk 2020, 2077 will be single-player game purchased for uh, a one-off fee without any micropayments whatsoever, without any hidden Fucking things whatsoever, right. uh, just as which with The Witcher 3. Though I think The Witcher Damn 3 right. did have some expansions. It had it expansions, did. but they weren't microtransactions. They yeah. were actual, like, you pay an extra X amount of money for many, many hours of additional yeah. content. So it's exactly what we thought it was going to be. It would be nice to yeah. see it at E3 in June. That'd be awesome. My guess is that it's going to be, at best, maybe a very short uh, in-engine demo or a long trailer or something. I I would still be amazed if this game comes out before 2020, personally. But They say 2019 here, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. The Witcher 3 got delayed several times. I have a feeling this will, too. But Yeah, uh, it's an open-world game. Like those This are is very much, for me, a take as long as you want, just make it awesome. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
So yeah. uh, I, I'm pretty sure Connor's not super excited. I hear he doesn't like anything cyber- cyberpunk. That's exactly what you should be telling people. Yeah. I have no idea why the cyberpunk monk would want anything cyberpunk related to be It's made. an ironic exactly. name. Yeah. C- certainly anything high budget or as fascinating as cyberpunk 2077 should be. Even if it does mean I'm going to need to wait for the release and inevitable unavailability of a new video card to play it. Yeah, yes. I mean, yes. You you really I mean you're more into like the the indie high fantasy scene, aren't you? Who me? <laughs> yeah. Well, a little bit. I uh Yeah. I, I if I spent... if it if it's if it reads like a bad Lord of the Rings fanfic, that's your that's your oh, thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the best. yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of our podcast. I want to thank you guys for being here. First off, let's ask Cyberpunk Monk, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter, Cyberpunk underscore Monk. I'm not doing anything right now. I've got too much going on in my life. I guess, uh, uh, but not a girlfriend. You don't have one of those because every time you like a girl, she ends up being a lesbian. Yes, this always happens. Oh to dear, me. <laughs> it's it, it's become a trend as of late. Like the last, I don't know, three. Uh, yeah, my. That's complaining about a personal life thing, though. That's not for this year entertainment and technology podcast. It's okay. It's okay. The the last girl I went on a date with, uh, she ended up texting me and she's like, "Hey." Uh, just so you know, I got to I got back together with my my ex, and I was like, "Oh, that never ends badly." Well, GG for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Aroa, where can we find you? I am on the Twitter at Aroa. Um, I have an Instagram with Aroa. I think it's one three three seven. Do I even follow um, you on Instagram? I don't know. I think I followed you at some point. Oh, then I probably um, did. I don't ever log into Instagram. Anyway, go on. Um, I also, I don't have it up yet, but I will soon have a website going at aroa.website. Aroa.website. Nice. Getting into that web 3.0 there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, yeah. That's I, awesome. I, I was like, you know, I should really, I don't want to, I don't want to have my website hosted with uh, Google domains anymore. So I went on another site and then I went, wait a minute. Why should I do a dot com when I can do something different? Very literal. <laughs> yeah. So I found out that dot website exists and I was like, fuck yes, I'm doing that. Oh, that's great. So you I've know what really that, upsets then... me? It's now I need to to steal I need to make it a written entertainment dot website and have it direct back to my website. <laughs> you know, you website. This domain name has been registered with Gandhi.net. Yep. I, I oh, went with yeah. them because their their slogan is uh, no bullshit. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and also, just so you know, Nathan, there are dot entertainment domains. Oh, there I you knew go. that. There I knew you. that. Yeah, um, you could do Reeton dot entertainment. I was going brilliant. to do that, but I'm I'm rebranding my. I'm in the process of rebranding myself without the entertainment thing. I think. Welcome to the Reeton dot entertainment podcast. The Reeton <laughs> the Reeton entertainment dot entertainment podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then I got the, I got the Twitch Aroa1337, um, gonna try to do more with that and, uh, going to start, uh, I think doing more vloggy talky things on my YouTube channel now that I have my, uh, new professional microphone. Oh, did you actually get it? $100 on. Did you actually get it? 
you're hearing me live on the oh, S- so, very nice. Just so you know, you sound no different than you did before. Yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I know. It's uh, honestly though, it like the the difference in actual recording quality though, like if you listen to a local recording is insane. That's awesome. Um, That's good. I wouldn't but, I wouldn't yeah. spend six hundred dollars on a mic unless I, you know, so had money. It, to be fair, the mic itself was only four hundred. But I also oh. I also had to get uh, an inter- an audio interface, and that was another one fifty. Oh yeah, those can be big money. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's pretty much all that matters right now. Okay, uh, what is it, Gerald? Gerald, where can we find yes. you? Uh, I'm on Mixer, YouTube, and Twitter at PX Abstraction. Um, Mixer's what I've been focusing on a lot lately, though I will hopefully have a, a couple of videos going on YouTube fairly soon. I crossed 600 follows on Mixer recently, Woo! which I'm quite, I've, quite I've happy crossed about. 50. Nice. Uh... Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot on that. I, my streaming schedule is Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at, uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern, but I'm doing, um, uh some more on occasion here and there but uh yeah hoping to to keep working on that and i i still have two extra life stretch goal streams from last year of a horror game focus that i'm hoping to do in april sometime and what are those those will be coming uh the first one is killing floor incursion in vr Uh, i'm going to be borrowing my works vive to do that um which should be very interesting and then um an additional stretch goal that i added when I was playing Resident Evil 7 for another stretch goal is that I have to play through uh, both Evil Within games in a single weekend. Oh, nice. Um, which is going to be brutal, but... Uh, what about... Yeah, especially since the first one sucks dick. <laughs> well, and they're just also both very long. That's going to be two very long days, but... So, uh, so what happened... Yeah. Have you ever played... Uh, what was it? Uh, Sanity's Requiem? It's something for the, the, the GameCube? Oh, Eternal, Eternal Darkness. Darkness. Eternal Darkness. I, I have Eternal Darkness. I have never actually played it, but I'm probably oh, going to in some capacity real. at some point. Oh, dude, dude, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I have played it in the I have played it, but I have I've never finished it, but I have played it and I get why it's such a big deal. I intend to play it and finish it uh, one one day. That is on my my long term retro backlog, but uh, yes, I I do want to do that. Yeah, because that game yeah. is a hell of a thing. <laughs> you oh, should definitely yes. definitely try. Yeah. That. I don't play horror games very much. Uh, not even because I don't. I get scared of them. I just don't really care for them very much. I don't. They mostly yeah. suck. Yeah, that's you want that's a game. I know. I know it would be hard to make because the game was very limited appeal at the time, and the original developers are long gone. But you want to talk a game that needs a damn remaster? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eternal be, Darkness. That would be amazing. Well, they they uh, you know they did a Kickstarter a while back for mm-hmm. a spiritual successor, and they did uh, the last the last I heard that all went to hell. But I, oh, I don't know. good, good. Well, it wasn't. It was. It didn't. It wasn't trending very well. And then uh, the lead developer on the project got arrested for being a pedophile. And uh, ah! people were like, "I don't want to support this." Yeah, <laughs> that would do it. Yeah, that'll that'll get it. Uh, you can yeah. find me. You can find me, Nathan Reinspruth, uh, lots of different places. You can find me uh, uh, at Twitter at Reiten. You can find me on Mixer at Reiten. You can find me. Uh, on Instagram at Reeton, if you really care that much, I'd never post on Instagram. Last time I posted on Instagram was like a year ago, so <laughs> maybe maybe don't follow me on there. 
you can go to my website at reetonentertainment.com. Uh, it might you might be able to find me at reetonentertainment.entertainment soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find the Reeton Entertainment podcast at Reeton Podcast. I don't know why they wouldn't let me use Reeton Entertainment for the podcast name. So it has to be Reeton Podcast. But you can find me well, on iTunes. They don't iTunes. like false advertising. I guess. Yes, that's it. So uh, if you go down to the links below, it takes you to the iTunes or the Google Play links, and you can press subscribe on your browser. If you don't have, if you're listening to that this somewhere else, or you don't want to do it that way, you can go on your phone, go to iTunes, type in Reeton Podcast, go to Google Play, type in Reeton Podcast. You'll be able to find my podcast, press the subscribe button, and then every Sunday when we do our podcast, uh, then we will be able to, you'll be able to listen to it. Next week, just so you know, uh, and we're still doing this, guys. Let's not mention what we're doing. But next week is the 1st of April. I don't know what happens then. Nothing ever happens on the 1st of April here at the Reed Entertainment Podcast. Well, uh. it's 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 April Fool's Day. And we had decided we were going to do something months ago. No, that, we didn't. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Did Nathan decide this and not tell us? No, 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 no. We I, all decided I, together. I'm, I know what he's talking about. And I, it's, I, uh, I was just, you know, I was just so. Tate, stay tuned for a very special episode of the Re Entertainment Podcast next week. So, thank you all for being here, and I will talk to you guys next week. I don't know, man. Take I don't like easy, being told I have to show up for something. Bye. Bye. See you.